0: previously on party in peril jack avador and sarah shrink to the ground turning into a small brown fox a crow and sarah turns into find the paladin that killed the woman in the in the, the cabin and you're to steal his eyes basically to take his eyes Now, however you wanna do that, that is gonna be up to you
1: guys. Did this place get joker-gassed or Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) All
2: right, I'm gonna try and like fly and and, like poop on his face.
0: Sir, sir, you're a pal- Wait, what is going on in here? We stick to
2: the plan. stick
0: to the plan. Ever since that light fell from the sky, this tree that wasn't even here days ago is now gigantic and growing this disgusting fruit. And every time someone eats of it, they become these mindless things.
2: I can use my power to get the knives out and then just fly straight into his chest.
0: So you sink both talons into where you imagine the eye socket should be through all the poop and you rip them clear out. You have an eye in
1: each talon. Grab one of those candles and do the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> you get what, you get. where I'm going here? Like, let's light this tree on fire. You hear like this deafening shriek
0: from the tree itself echoed by all the people that have been affected by it. They're all screaming in unison at the same thing. The dead woman sits up like, <gasps> <clears throat> I must ask for you to to aid me with one more task. Follow me into Eslam. And she points over at Shepard's body and she goes, I will bring him for healing. I need to have a word with my true husband. Adri goes and opens the door of the cottage and you find a gravel path that was not present when you first arrived and uh, it travels along um, around to the east side of the cottage and then continues east through the forest and she just kind of leads you down that path and after um, a short walk down that way you find yourselves approaching an old village Kind of surrounded by twisted gnarled trees, and, and the homes are and, and some small shops and things like that are mostly wooden and covered with moss, much like the, uh, much like the cabin um, that you just left was. There's patches mm-hmm. of snow kind of dotting the area, but there's lanterns and braziers that can be similarly found just about anywhere, giving off a warm glow. Once you enter the village of Eslam, Adri leads you to a small hut and then stops. I will take him from here. Please feel free to wander around, visit my sisters. There's bound to be something to interest you here. I will look for you once he awakens. And she turns and leads Shepard on his blanket into the hut. Looking around, you can see that there's few people milling about, but it's fairly sparse. It's, it's a very small village. And Jack, you happen to see a girl about your age sitting on a fence several feet away, and you get the feeling like she's been watching you all since you guys started approaching coming down the path. Hello? Well, I mean she's she's several feet away from me but let's <laughs> uh, say like 20 hello. feet.
1: Hello? <laughs> hello. Yeah, <I> <laughs> she's just kind of kind of watching you guys. Uh, I ju- then I just I just w- raise my hand. And not even a wave, just kind of raise it in like a waving motion, just acknowledging that she's there and that we see her. And she she just kind of looks and almost shrugs a little bit like,
0: OK, and puts her hand up, too, and just kind of gives a little wave that way. You can see it's a human girl dressed in dark clothes, dark brown hair.
1: And that's how I met your mother. <laughs>
0: so I, uh,
1: I, just, I walk over there hi who are you like i said she's got like that dark brown hair
0: she's got equally brown almost like cat-like eyes and, and i don't mean as far as like the the weird people's cat has it's just like the shape of her eyes you know just slightly pointed towards the size and stuff like that and and just kind of gives off that curious sort of look like imagine the the girl that plays selena kyle from gotham have you ever seen a picture of her
2: Yes. Yeah, it looks like
0: that, like those really catty kind of eyes and stuff like that, with a little button nose. Like a nose. young Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, basically.
1: Hi, name's Emily. Do you often carry around dead dark elves? Uh, well, I, I gotta say it's my first time. I'm not sure about the others. Why do you smell like rat? Well, I I mean, I, I kind of like, I can become a rat? I can turn into a rat? I haven't done it in a while. I forgot about it. I'm sorry. How does that work? Are you some sort of druid or
0: something? No, just a curse, you know. A curse? You know. You know how it is. Yeah, you know that's go. Strangely, I kind of do. Are those your friends over there? They're kind of strange looking. What's that one? She's like pointing at, or kind of like nodding towards Avador, and she's like, is that some sort of devil alert? or
1: strange satyr? Shouldn't she have goat feet? Well, she's super nice and one of the smartest people I've ever met. Smart how? Like magic smart or smart smart? Smart smart. But she also knows magic. And what about
0: you? Do you know magic?
1: No, I I don't know any magic. I just have my rat thing and I'm pretty sneaky when I want to be.
2: My rat thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sneaky what do you mean sneaky
1: like what do you do how do you even know that you're sneaky i was gonna be like uh, i don't i wish i had like a smoke pellet or something to <laughs> like and then just disappear but i can't i don't i can't think of a possible conceivable way i could just disappear from her sight well i mean like uh or like if i need to sneak around somewhere or hide from somebody i'm pretty good at it do you often find yourself hiding from people are you some kind of coward I'm not a coward, but I, I I am hiding more than the normal person. I would say, I find I found myself in situations where hiding was pretty necessary lately. It's been rough.
0: Well, I see you've got all these knives and stuff at your belt. Are those for cutting food, or do you actually use them on folk? Oh no, I've cut many a person with these things. Now her interest <laughs> is very peaked. Now
1: she's just like, so you've you've killed people before? You've said. Well, not good people, only the bad ones, and or monsters, and or giant tree people. You know, (laughs) people. You're awfully small for a killer. I know, I'm not a killer by choice, just by circumstance.
0: Like, what kind of circumstance? Like, are you fleeing for your lives, or what do you do?
1: Most of the time, yes.
0: (laughs) Well, it sounds interesting, but not knowing magic sounds pretty boring. Do you know a lot of magic? Oh yes. <laughs> yes, I know a little bit of magic. Show me something cool. Suddenly, you feel a presence behind you. Do a dexterity saving throw. Oh, not twenty. Nat hey. 20. Ooh. Okay. So there is a there's a tree nearby, you guys, just a little um, you know, apple tree. You suddenly feel feel something dropping down from that tree right at you and you turn and grab right out of the air this jet black cat
1: no, really
0: Hisses is at you and, and meows at you and stuff like that and she's like how did you know he was going to be there are you sure you don't know magic no i'm just really paranoid it, the cat starts hissing and swiping at you i gently set it down it, it it walks over to uh to Emily and starts like rubbing against her her feet which are kind of dangling off the fence and purring and stuff like that that's thomas that's my familiar i can conjure him right out of thin air He's going to have a mess with you a bit
1: but it seems you're a little quick that's one of my things. Mm. uh so was that is that magic is when you summon him oh
0: definitely magic only witches can summon familiars and a few warlocks, I suppose. So you're a witch. We're in a village of witches.
1: Do you not know where you are? Oh yeah, not really. Well, why are you even here then? We're just here to save our friend. And one of your 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 friends, your your sisters, I suppose, part of your coven is helping him. Oh, you mean the woman that led him into the tent? Right. That would
0: be my mum. Oh. I suppose you're the ones that brought her back to life, eh? I think we had a part in it, yeah. Well, I guess I should thank you for that. So you have my thanks. Absolutely. So, who's your friend that the uh, the dead elf friend that you led into with my mum?
1: Well, he is. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> he he's got, I. I don't how deep do we go here like he he's a cursed person who is he's a human man who's trapped in an elf's body who was mistaken for this this elf man who then got a curse put on him and that's put him under so we're trying to help him get released from that since it was obviously a mistake and here we are <gasps> Oh man Yeah, I know.
0: That's supposed to be my dad. (laughs) I just wanted to see your face. Act like I was surprised.
1: Didn't seem like I really got you, though. So what? You're like friends of his. Well, we just uh, ran into each other, and we've kind of been each other's company for the past few... I don't know. How long has it been? Uh, It's it's been months. For the past few months. Really? So you've been with him for that long? Yep. What's he like? Well, he drinks a lot. I can say that. But he's also pretty funny and good in a fight I don't remember much about him he was away a
0: lot when I was little and then one day he came back and he was it was like he was a different person cooler I tried to tell my mom that it weren't really him but no one likes to listen to little girls even though we're always right about these types of things anyway he got himself into trouble here and then he were banished And that was years ago, and I hadn't seen him since, but now I suppose, when he started acting differently, that that wasn't really him, was it? He was that Dark Elf
1: instead, wasn't he? Yep. So why are you with him? Why are you even helping him? Basically, I think we're just trying to keep the world from ending, in a way. We're we're trying to stop this weapon from getting put together a weapon what kind of weapon a magic one i don't know you had an odd one you know that <laughs> i have no response <laughs> i want to talk to the <laughs> I, I one with my head can i talk to the one with horns sure let me get her i just wave avador over
2: of course jack makes a friend
1: sarah follows up behind you
0: guys hello my name's emily halsey Where did you get those horns?
2: I believe it came from my family, whom I do not know yet.
0: What even are you? Are you some kind of satyr? I've seen satyrs. We actually have one here in the village, but their horns are usually much larger.
2: I've never seen a satyr. That's on my list. Uh, No, I'm considered a tiefling. A tiefling?
0: I didn't think those were real. I've heard about you. I've read about them. Didn't think they were real.
2: I would not have known they were real had I not seen my own reflection. But apparently there's a tell that they or we still exist, and I aim to find my family.
0: Where are they? Are they lost?
2: Well, I know I am.
0: You're all a bunch of downers, aren't you?
2: We're probably more exhausted than anything, but as you can see, we've we come here. And Did I hear correctly that Adri is your mother?
0: She is. That's my mom. Thank you for saving her life and all.
2: It was our pleasure, to be honest. We weren't expecting it, but we were trying to bring our friend back to life. If I heard correctly, it's also your father.
0: That's right. I mean, I guess it's not like I really know him much. I mean, I haven't seen him since I was a little girl.
2: That's okay. I'm an orphan, so my father is someone who took me in.
0: Someone who took you in? What's he like?
2: Magical and wonderful.
0: Magic is good. You know magic?
2: I do. It runs through my veins. It runs through my body. I am magic. And along the way, I've actually learned more.
0: Like what kind of magic?
2: I'm very curious about the land. I'm very curious about animals and plants and and the sky. And so I speak with nature quite often. And I actually turn into nature. So I just become one.
0: You can turn into nature? What does that even
2: mean? Well, Jack has has, uh, displayed that he himself has turned into a a were-rat, and I myself have turned into animals that I see along my path, and I use it in order to protect myself and others. He does
1: smell a bit like rot, doesn't he? Hey! (laughs) When's the last time you've had a bath? Honestly, I don't know. I feel like we've been on the road for a while. Uh, It's a bit obvious. (laughs) Can you demonstrate some of your magic?
2: I can do fire with my hands.
0: Fire with your hands?
2: produce flame. Oh,
0: and she actually, now that you do that, she does the same thing. She conjures a little flame in her hand. And she's like, yours is a bit bigger, but I'm still learning. I'm still a girl. I think someday I'll be very powerful. Maybe as powerful as my mom. Hopefully more powerful since she tends to die a lot. (laughs)
2: sometimes passion gets in our way and and we forget our own lives are at stake but yes my flame was as small as yours when i first started and i do believe it will grow big
0: what about the other friend the one with all the armor does she do magic and sarah's just like yes i suppose i can do some magic show me well my magic is more healing here I can do this and she touches an apple hanging from that tree and she uses her light spell and the apple glows with right and she's like wow that's very boring show her your magic hammer (laughs) she holds a a hand up to the air and and you guys can kind of see like this light sort of forming in her hand and it just starts vaguely taking the shape of a hammer Well, almost looks solid, but still very, like, transparent in this kind of golden color with kind of, like, motes of light kind of coursing through it and things like that. And uh, Emily's like, okay, never mind. Not as boring. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that one's my favorite, too. Yeah, you have good taste. That's a pretty cool spell. I don't think I can do that (laughs) one. We usually do Dark and Magic. It's uh, why we're always targeted by the Ecclesia and the like. And she looks at Sarah, and she's like, you look Ecclesia to me. And Sarah will say, I assure you, I am no longer part of the Ecclesia. That is behind me. I only look forward. You speak so proper. Now that's boring. She looks back at at you, Jack, in particular, and she's just like, well, it's going to be a while before my mom is finished. You should take a wander around. I can show you some of the best shops and places around here if you like. Sure. Be our guide, please.
2: I could go for some food, so please.
0: Oh, trust me. Food is on the menu. You start walking down this this gravel path through the village. We will get to a place of food. There's a few other shops along the way I'd like to show you real quick. You might find some things worth purchasing here. And uh, you stop outside this uh, small shop. There's a sign on the outside that says, Alizon's Apothecary. Alizon's the best potion brewer around. Might have something handy in there for you. You can ask her if you're looking for any particular ingredients or potions, but, uh, just don't stare her in the face much, okay? Sounds good. Shouldn't be a problem. So, when you enter the shop, you are surrounded just by the sound of, like, boiling liquids and smells of, of herbs... And you see vials of all kinds of different colors dotting the inside of a small, weathered-looking room. There's a frail, middle-aged woman, her face covered in pock marks and, and pulsing boils, standing behind a, a wooden counter. And she's kind of slouched forward, elbows on the table, um, and and her h- hands kind of propping up her head as if she's about to fall asleep from boredom. But there's a lot of potions and and all kinds of things in here um balms and 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 powders and stuff like that if you want to ask her about anything if you want
1: hi Excuse me. Do you have any like Poisons or <laughs> anything that I can put on my what? weapons. Oh, there's someone here
0: a, a poison you say you're looking for a poison Um Yeah, please yes, we do have a potion of poison why would someone as young as you be looking for a poison?
1: Well, I, I'm i trying to just find something to apply to my, my daggers to make myself a little more powerful. You know. Hmm. Okay, well, we do have
0: one potion of poison. It's just one gold, if you have gold.
1: Yes, I think we still have a lot of gold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember how much. Yeah, check your thing. I- oh, yeah. I know yeah, you've got 116 Oh jeez. Yeah, you definitely have some. Yeah,
0: rich. Oh, we also have some other potions and just for <laughs> for the sake of of um, the technical talk, I'll have to say what some of these are, I guess. Uh-huh. Instead of just calling them random things. We have two potions of greater healing. Um both a gold each. So this that's is nice. a. She's pointing over at, at, at these two vials over here, and it's this red, just glimmering kind of liquid in there, um, and that, that's the the healing potions. Um, I'll take I'll take those two. Okay, two more gold plates. She also has what's called a potion of clairvoyance. Okay. She also has potion of speed. When you drink that, you gain the effect of the haste spell for one minute. She also has something called Marusa Balm. It is a fire retardant. She also has sooth salts, and I promise I'm almost done saying what she's got here. You would gain advantage on intelligence checks. And then she also has a potion called Filter of Love. If you get somebody to drink that, they will fall in love with the next person they see for so many hours. So, we'll pretend that
1: she said all of those things in her voice, but <laughs> right, right, right. there's all those things, things. If you have those written down somewhere, can I just, like, grab a sack and take everything? You're going to buy all of them? <laughs> yeah, I have, we have so much money, it's like, why not be prepared? Okay, alright. So, you are just going to
0: clean house, and she's yeah. just like, what? Goodness, okay. Um." We'll have to ask Scotty for more deliveries. Jeez. Okay. Um. So she's she's packing things up and stuff for you, and then so your total for for all of this would be um. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Um. Six and a half or six gold, fifty silver is basically what it amounts to. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. Okay. So what I will do is, I'll send you the stats on all of those things. Okay.
1: Yeah, I added a few of them, but the more you were saying I was just like, I'm just going to buy it all. Okay. <laughs> so she... Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have one of everything. Let me just have it all. Okay. Do you want both of the greater... Well, you already
0: purchased the two greater healings. Okay. So she'll give you one of all the other stuff, too. Emily is, like, at the doorway, like, dumbfounded with her mouth hanging open. She's like, you didn't
1: tell me you were rich. Well... I don't know. We've just come across a lot of money on our adventure. Well, in that case, I know exactly where to take <laughs> you next.
0: So as the, the, the older woman, Alizon's bagging everything up for you. She's kind of leaning down, kind of really close towards you. I need you to do a dexterity saving throw for me.
2: Just him <laughs> or all of us? Just him.
1: Wow, well, nat 20.
0: Nat 20, okay. Dang. You, yeah. She, she kind of leans down and and... You just almost get a glimpse of her face and you shut your eyes. And then she's just like, All right, here you go. And she hands you the sack and
1: you just, your arms are just outstretched, waiting for it to plop in. And she drops (laughs) it into your hands. And I just sneak out, like kind of covering my eyes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Good thing that would have gone very bad. So next, Emily leads you past a.
0: She's not trying to stop here, but this is along your way as you're, as you're walking. You're, you're walking down and, and you're passing this blackened triangular tent with a single pole, um, erecting it from, from the bottom to the top. And within it are various displays of animal skeletons. And a few are really small. A few are very humanoid looking, but also kind of tiny. And there's a, a man in dark and very luxurious clothing with a pencil mustache standing beside it as a woman browses kind of some of the displays and stuff. And his, his eyes almost look like they're about to pop out of his head when he sees Avador And he's like, oh, oh, yes, very fine, very fine. And Avador, he runs up to you and starts running one of his long fingers across one of your horns. Hmm, may I have one of these horns? How much?
2: First of all, I am not for sale. Secondly, you must ask before you can touch me. How dare you?
0: Oh, 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 so sorry, but um, these horns are magnificent. Are you sure you wouldn't part with them?
2: I'm absolutely sure, and I do not like the way you're speaking to me. I actually feel very uncomfortable all of a sudden.
0: What if I offered you, and he's leaning real uncomfortably close, what if I offered you a hundred gold for just half a horn?
2: No, I'm not for sale.
0: Mm. He He backs up a little bit, and he's like, Two hundred gold.
2: I said no. And uh, and honestly, what is, what is it of your business? What do you need a horn for?
0: Mm-hmm. He just smiles a little bit and he's like, I apologize, my lady. Please let me offer you one of my pets. You can take it for free and be on your way and I will not bother you again. And he... Points over, and you can kind of see that you know there's like skeletons of like there's some cats, there's some ferret skeletons, owls, rats, possibly a gnome or two,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or two.
0: <laughs> Sarah's just kind of staying back, like she she definitely is not liking what's going on here, and you can kind of see. Actually, uh, both of you do a perception check.
1: Mm. Uh, nine.
2: Twenty. Nice, okay.
0: After you can see out of the corner of your eye, Emily's shaking her head like, "Mm mm-mm. Don't don't think you should do that. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: I'm sure I don't notice this, so I'm just like really fixated on those tiny gnomes. I'm just like, (laughs) huh? Like leaning over. Oh, young sir. If you would like one of these.
2: No, he would not. And please. Please walk away. I do not want any of your friends, any of your your pets, whatever you want to call them. We are not for sale. But, but. No, but no. Salvador, I'll take un- care of no, it. I promise. No, I'll no. clean up after him. I'll we feed him. We are on land that is dark. Dark land, which means dark magic, which is something we do not need to carry with us on our journey. So please leave it alone. Uh, uh,
0: sure, you wouldn't just like to have a little looksee?
2: No, no, no. Mm. What do, if? What if I name I him Frederick? I will put a spell on you if you do not walk away. <laughs> huh.
0: Well, such a shame to see these poor horns go to waste. But as you will.
2: Go to waste. They are attached to me. It is not a waste.
0: For now.
2: I'm and gonna like get flame coming out of my <laughs> hands, both hands. Walk away.
0: He retreats back into the tent. He's just mm, okay. <laughs> Emily is just like, Whew. okay. Um, sorry about that. Lot um let's continue on shall we and she leads you to another place a little farther down
1: as we're walking away like i look back at the tent i see frederick like standing outside of the tent and i give him a little wave like a goodbye wave <laughs> like i'm sorry you couldn't be mine w- w- which which skeleton did you name frederick <laughs> no just one of the gnomes you okay. said there were a couple gnome ones yeah. yeah you you see like one of the fingers twitch a little bit <laughs> I feel satisfied.
0: (laughs) So after walking a little bit further away from that, um, she stops you outside of this small shack, and she says, Now this is my favorite shop. It's full of all kinds of cool artifacts and magic. The best part is if you can impress Garrick with something, he may give you something for free. But it's very hard to do, otherwise everything is quite a bit of money. So entering this small shack... You're greeted by the, the sweet smell of perfumes giving you just this very just serene feeling and the inside of it is adorned with just vibrant colors of pinks and golds and there's several places to sit among a large variety of pillows and cushions and this very androgynous looking satyr he claps his hands giddily from the corner of the room near this very ornate golden table with only three items on it. And then there's a small shelf above that where you can see a bunch of rolled up scrolls sitting in a few baskets. And he goes, Oh, oh, good, good. Please, welcome to my magnificent little getaway where my wares can take you anywhere. Figuratively speaking, of course, they don't transport you anywhere. They just do cool stuff. And if you can do something to impress me, you can pick one of them absolutely free but I don't impress easily. And he's just, you know, his little fingers are waving at each other and he's very excited looking. And Emily's like, I've never been able to impress him, but if you can impress him with some bit of knowledge or trade or trick, maybe you can get something for free. Otherwise, look at the things on the table because they're pretty cool.
2: The intoxication of the aroma is wonderful. Jack, I do believe that I can't even smell the rat on you.
1: Oh, uh, alright, one second. I transform in my little rat form, and then I stand up on my, like, back legs, and then I'm making sure that he's looking at me, and then I do this thing where I'm just like, rah, like I pretend I'm hulking out, and I turn into my big rat form. I wear rat form. Just the transformation he's seeing happen. I'm basically, I'm a rat that hulks out.
0: Oh! Fun! Fun! Oh, I've never seen anyone do that before. Not through unmagical means. Are you cursed,
1: boy? Yeah, but, you know, I try to take advantage of it. What a wonderful curse. <laughs> and if you look Emily's way, you can see, like, she has, like, hearts for eyes right now. As she
0: sees you turn into this, she's just like,
1: wow. I'm still a big, gross wear rat so I wink at her with my gross, big rat eyes. She winks back.
0: Please, please. Oh, in all my years, I've never seen anyone do that before. Which is surprising because I've seen a lot of things. Please come over to my table. Take your pick. And and you can see that there's, like I said, there's three things on this table. There's also some scrolls above that for sale. You can ask about any of the scrolls. Otherwise, on the table, and again, you can ask what any of these things do. On the, the left side, you see... A shard of of hazelwood that's been scarred by lightning. In the middle is a griffin claw that's smeared with a golden ichor. And on the right side is a jagged shard of sapphire smeared with blood. Ooh, what's that claw in the middle? So these are all, um, these are ciphers, basically. They are, like, magical little artifacts that, that can do something very specific. So this one that you're looking at um, when held and activated, so this cypher would conjure a bolt of lightning. Um, it can shoot at a range of 100 feet and it does uh, 3d6 lightning damage. Um, the The target does a deck saving roll and they succeed. Um, then it would do half that damage. And
1: uh, I'm getting one of these for free? You get or... one of
0: them for free. Or unless you want to um, get a scroll. The scrolls basically um, they'll basically give you some some different spells. Um, if you want to know, there's four scrolls in particular. If you want to know the names of those, you can ask because that'll give you a hint as to what they do.
1: I'm more fixated on these like impressive looking items. Um, okay. okay, what's the one on the end with the the blood on it? a cipher w- where when held and activated it will allow you to see
0: through clothing and armor.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm going to go with the lightning claw. That sounds <laughs> a lot cooler.
0: <laughs> okay, here you go, little one. And he picks
1: it up and he just hands it to you. I start to do like a, oh, a little no. kid does when they get like a when they get like a little toy gun and I'm just like pointing at stuff and just like zap, zap, zap. I'm not actually trying to activate it, so I hope it okay. doesn't just go off. But well, let's just see. Like, Roll a D twenty real quick, because oh, you've never
0: man. you've never held like you've never dealt with a magical artifact before. So I want to see what happens. That that's true. I made a mistake.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh,
0: what? Are, any bonuses? No, just straight D twenty. What'd you get? Eight. <laughs> so it it doesn't go full on like lightning bolt, but like a little surge of energy zaps out and blows a little hole in the table just a little bit and scuffs it, like, with, like, just chars it a little. And he's like, okay, <laughs> I would be um, quite happy if you could take that outside,
1: little one. If you're going to play. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And then I just walk out quietly, but then he hears me outside. Zap, 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 <laughs> zap. <laughs> um, Avador, he's going to look at you, and he's like, what about you?
0: You have something that could impress me. Otherwise, these two items here, 200 gold each. The scrolls up here, only a mere 20 gold each. Up here we have the scroll of Dance Macabre, the scroll of Disguised Self, a scroll of Reverse Gravity, or a scroll of Zone of Truth.
2: What item would you say is the most valuable to you personally?
0: Most valuable to me? Ooh, no one's ever asked me that before. Oh, that's impressive. No one's ever thought to ask me that. Oh, I like you. You may have one for free. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna, he would indicate that the one he likes the most is the, the hazelwood piece that's scarred by lightning. Now, you don't have to pick that. You just asked him which one he likes the most. So that's the one that he likes the most.
2: What information would this provide for me?
0: So this one, when you hold it and activate it, this cipher would conjure an area of daylight um, for 1d6 rounds. So let's say you used it in combat. You'd roll a d6 and um, whatever situation you're in, it would turn to daylight for that many rounds of combat.
2: I will take that, and I will honor it with you in mind.
0: Oh, okay, here you are. And he plucks it from the table, and he plants it in your hand, and he's like, now keep the other one out of that one's little paws. I'm afraid he's going to get himself in some minor danger.
2: (laughs) Zap, zap. Zap, zap. He's always in danger.
0: (laughs) I'm not surprised in the least. May I offer you any of these scrolls? A hundred gold each if you're interested. I thought they were 20. Was it 20? Yeah, I think you're right.
2: (laughs) Whatever I said
0: earlier. That
1: much each.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's a sale.
1: (laughs) Sale's over. Sorry, they're back to a hundred.
2: I will take all of them, actually. All I, of I, them. I enjoy reading and, and jotting in my journal, so this would be great practice. I, I feel that I'm constantly a, uh, a student in this world.
1: Just for informational purposes, these scrolls are one-time-use scrolls? These are all going to be one-time-use. Oh, my gosh. You have so much gold. I didn't realize.
2: That's why I didn't need to sell my horn, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah,
1: that- <laughs> That guy wasn't impressing
0: you at all with those nope. prices. Um, so are you guys done shopping then? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm fixated on my, my talent. Pew,
2: pew, pew. And yep.
0: Emily's, Emily is, one, still enamored with Jack. And two, dumbfounded that Avador seems even richer than Jack is. And it's just like, how do you have so much money? <laughs> Did you rob someone?
2: It's called street smart, young girl. You'll learn.
0: I've never really been anywhere other than here. So, I do suppose I'm probably lacking in a few what you call them street smarts.
1: Correct. Well, that sounds rather boring.
0: <laughs> I was starting to like you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Lived in the streets.
0: All right. So, so after leaving um the the place which is called Garrick's Gallery of Oddities, Emily hears your your stomach start to rumble, Avador. And she says, okay, so our last stop will be perfect. You can get some food there, and I promise it's quite delicious. She leads you kind of towards the center of the small village, and and there's kind of a town square there, shadowed by a, a larger cottage adorned with a sign with a red pot and the words, The Infernal Cauldron. Entering that doesn't leave a lot of room for a great first impression it's it's pretty small it's dimly lit only a few tables um hardly anyone inside but the uh proprietor approaches you and he's wearing these old robes of of lavender and blue um in this weathered cap and beneath that weathered cap you can see he's got kind of like a hard-lined face with an expression of amusement um accentuated by a very large white mustache and he says Oh, why, hello, my good friends. How lovely to see you today. How is our village treating you?
2: Much better than expected, actually.
0: Good, good. I am Facilius, the curry master. And Sarah kind of cocks an eyebrow at him, not sure what that means. He's like, oh, but you look quite hungry. Please, please step over to my a uh, table here and he said sp- starts pulling out some chairs for you at this at this big kind of um almost like bar stool kind of table he's he's kind of hands you this scroll that's got some different foods written on it um and it's all different kinds of all he makes are different kinds of curry which are only found really in this area that you guys are in and you can kind of see like looking behind him into some of the back rooms and some of the shelves and stuff, there's all kinds of steamed rices of, of different colors. There's there's white and brown and yellow and blue. There's oh smoked meats and powders and sauces everywhere and it smells amazing like this is the greatest <laughs> smell you have ever encountered
1: guys
2: we're like actually hungry, now, hungry. We, haven't eat- we
1: haven't eaten today all day yeah. so all you guys are gonna be like, really nah sad want-
2: by the time oh, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> now i want
0: curry yes <laughs> yeah your, your mouths are just watering like crazy sarah's gripping her stomach and looks kind of embarrassed because it is growling ferociously at this point and she's like well it is true we haven't eaten in some time <laughs> we should purchase something to recover our strength from our last battle. I don't know what curry is, though. And Facilius goes, oh, a battle? Goodness, well, you must be hungry. Well, come pick out some of my famous curry and rice for those poor little tummies. And we have some mild, some spicy. And then for the adventurous, some have Magical properties. You won't leave unsatisfied. Emily will kind of point out some of them on there, and she points out that her favorite one is called um, the Vindi, which is uh, yellow rice. It's very, very spicy and served with chicken, and it has Mm. these very succulently sweet onions and kind of a buttery flavor. And I know I'm torturing you guys with this right now. (laughs) There's also the uh, sedansk which is a white rice with pork or chicken. It's very sweet and citrusy with just a little bit of heat. There's the Rokma, just white or brown rice with pork or chicken. And it's full of tons of spices like you would be watering for days. There's no heat, but it's very savory. That's their most popular one. He goes, okay, so these are the three main ones, but there's two off the menu. Those are, our, um, prized meals. Now, if you want, um, these special ones, there are two to choose from. There is the Pegasus wing. He holds up this, this vial, and you see this gold-colored sauce that glistens as he turns it. This is served with all sweet blue rice and real Pegasus meat. But this sauce, mmm... It tastes like a sunrise, like you could spring into the sky and drink the sky away. We also add chive to that one. <laughs> and the second, and he looks around the room suspiciously, and he pulls out several bowls up from under um, a cupboard beneath the, uh, beneath the counter. And you see he pulls out some black rice and um, some vegetables that are mixed up in the first bowl. And the second bowl is a very red and black seared meat. And uh, a third bowl is this very dark red sauce that looks so incredibly thick. It looks like it could become a paste once it cools. And he says, this one is dragon's breath curry. Now, this is the spiciest curry you could imagine, but with the greatest reward. The flavor is unparalleled and unhindered by the heat. Now, I'd tell you what's in it, but if I even uttered it aloud, I'd be placed under a terrible curse. But I originally tried this dish on the banks of Aloran Island from an old sage there, and after trying it, I left my wife and family and traveled the world to bring this amazing food to others. It changed my life, friends, and it could change yours. This curry is destiny itself now the two magical dishes 50 gold each they will not disappoint 90 silver for the sadonsk and rokma and one gold for the Vindi. now which would you like are you feeling adventurous
2: always especially when i'm starving <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you're gonna get the dragon one?
2: I do dragon's breath. I can take the heat.
1: Okay. And Jack What do you want to order?
2: Uh, I've never
1: had Pegasus before. That sounds interesting. Okay. Cool. All
0: right. So, um, he starts cooking those up for you. Sarah buys a rock curry. Um, and and as she starts eating that, you can tell she just had a mouthgasm. She's just like, oh. <laughs> Oh, this is amazing. And she tosses him two additional silver for her meal. She's like, in all of my life, I've never tasted something this good. If I were less devout, I would assume you were some kind of deity of food. Emily's got um a bowl of the uh, the Vindi. And she's like, I've tasted all of them, but I do like this one quite a bit. So let's see, Jack, you got the Pegasus wing. Yep. All right, so he, he serves this up to you. And you can see these very colorful, like, you know, it's steaming. It's very warm, but, like, the steam is all different colors, almost like a rainbow of colors. And as you eat it, the meat is just tender and juicy as you bite in and, and just sweet and spicy at the same time. Then it feels cool, and then it feels spicy again, and you get this this sense of both calm and bravery that comes over you like you could take on the whole world by yourself and you feel fluid like in a rainstorm you would be able to dodge every single drop because you are your own master and nothing could ever own you or stop you not a drop of rain not a hurricane
1: (laughs) wow Oh my gosh, I feel amazing. <laughs> that voice, oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Is that your Yelp review?
0: <laughs> All right, and then Avador. The charred meat crackles in your mouth and you have a very earthy taste that gives way to heat. So blistering and, and painful, but then suddenly it isn't. Instead, your body just feels warm, like you can feel everything. You're suddenly aware of how every bit of skin feels as, as your clothes drape across them. You can feel every molecule of, of air, how the markings of your fingertips feel against the insides of your gloves. You can feel every single eyelash and every hair on your head as if you're in tune with yourself in a way that you've never felt before, in a way that shouldn't be possible, but it is. And you're suddenly very aware of where you are and of all of your surroundings. And in you, your gut, you know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be, doing exactly what you're meant to do. You are one of the few people that got things right and listened to your destiny and know that you were on the path you were always meant for. And then you both burp and the feelings fade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, come but back. But
0: you can't forget the way that you felt and the thoughts that came with it. And that is something that experience is yours forever now. And Sarah gives you this strange look as both of your mouths are just hanging open wide and you haven't blinked for a very long time.
1: Are you okay, Jack you Are you all right? I think I'm better than okay.
2: I think I realize that the heat that I'm feeling today, I'm most definitely going to feel it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dragon's breath turned into dragon's butt. <laughs> dragon's butt. Yeah. And Pegasus' butt.
0: Yeah. Um, Emily is smiling, but then she, you can see her stop smiling and she kind of frowns and she goes, in a very hushed tone, she leans in and she's like, Jack, there's a man in the back of the room that's been watching you ever since we got in. Do you know him? And sure enough, you look back towards the corner of this room, and there's a man there, middle-aged, sitting in a fairly relaxed kind of manner with a salt-and-pepper beard and hair and simple leather clothing. And once he notices you looking back at him, Jack, he makes a few hand signals in Thieves' Camp. And because you've recently been studying it and know... You can tell he makes a signal for talk and a signal for alone and leaning in closer, you recognize this man that you haven't seen in years. This was a man that you loved and looked up to like a father figure. This was the bandit that took you in as an infant that taught you how to sneak and steal and gave you some beginning of purpose. And you know that he is known among the bandits and jails across the land as Scotty
1: Sixfingers, the man that taught you
0: everything.
1: I signal back and just ask now, he signals and says, please. Okay. Um, if if I don't have anyone's immediate... Oh, well, I guess they are just talking to me, so um, I'll just be like, hey, I'll be right back. And Sarah's,
0: like, looking at you a little worried, like, is everything okay, Jack?
1: Yeah, don't worry about me. I'll, I'll just be a second. Um, I'm assuming it's far enough away to where we no one would be able to hear us yeah talking. it's
0: it's across the room so um, okay. no one's gonna hear you so he says it's been a moment hasn't it Jack Gray and he's smiling you've grown still short but somehow
1: less short how are you son I'm I'm good all things considered where have you been how are you
0: was about to ask you the same question. I feared maybe you were dead after the gods at Duragard found us. I lost more than half of our guild that day. Where did you run off to? Were you taken?
1: Honestly, it was kind of a blur, but I ran off and tried to blend into the crowd, just like you taught me, mm. so that I could get away. I was hoping that you'd all do the same, and it looks like you did, which is great, but why didn't you try to find me? Why didn't you try to reach out? Well,
0: I was caught. I was imprisoned for a bit. Broke out, then was recaptured. Hung at the gallows, or so they thought. I paid the hangman to situate the noose just right, so it pressed into my jaw instead of my throat. Lucky bit there then I looked for you for months. I always held out hope that of all of us, you would be the one to survive. You are more clever than a lot of us ever were at your age. So, my apologies. I eventually gave up hope of ever finding you, and Jack, I'm so sorry, I never should have. But, how Have
1: you been? Where have the years taken you? These last few months have been... trying, to say the least, but... right now... I think we're on a mission to save the world.
0: Save the world? What do you mean by that?
1: It's a long story, but... suffice to say... We just need to stop some bad people from getting some powerful things.
2: Hmm.
0: And how did you wind up in a witch village like this?
1: Well, that's another long story, but... (laughs) 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 We came here trying to save one of my new companions, who I've met just a few months back, but now consider one of my closest friends.
0: Well, I'm glad that you have someone at your side. Those over there, and he kind of points towards um, Emily and Avador and Sarah, and he's like, Are those your companions?
1: Yeah, those are my friends. Part of my pack.
0: Do they treat you well?
1: They treat me very well, yes. I couldn't ask for a better family.
0: I'm glad. And the smile that he's kind of had fades just a little bit. And he says, Jack, you know me to be an honest man for the kind of work that people like us do. And I know foul things are afoot. If you want to survive, you need to be able to toe that line between choosing no side and choosing both sides come with me your friends there look like good people but good people don't survive the kind of things that i feel are coming but i can keep you and i safe there's so much more i can teach you what do you say
1: I can't leave them behind if it if it's a choice between coming with you or staying with my my friends I I have to stay with them we're on a noble mission and I, I can't say no I can't turn back now they wouldn't leave me and I won't leave them he looks a little sad not
0: disappointed just sad He says, Are you sure, son? The Golden City has fallen, and with both of our skills at thievery, we could acquire more wealth than anyone in this land. We could rule atop the ashes of this
1: world. But that's just it. It's just... It would just be ashes. We can't... If there's nothing to rule over, what's the point of ruling?
0: He puts a hand on your shoulder and, and looks you in the eyes. And he says Very well. I will honor your decision. You're really becoming quite a man, Jack. And he ruffles your hair a little bit and stands up and <laughs> pulls you into an embrace. I hope we meet again soon, son. It's time for me to ride off for more supplies. That strange satyr that lives here really does have odd taste. You promise to take care of yourself, okay?
1: And you do the same.
0: And he smiles and he pulls a hood up over his head and begins to exit the tavern and he nods respectfully at Avedor and Sarah as he departs. And you hear the door close as he exits. But then the door opens again and a tall silhouette fills the frame against the dim light a silhouette with pointed ears and a familiar voice that says oh so you've all gone for a drink without me and <laughs> Shepherd Black walks into the tavern his familiar sly smile on his scarred face. All right then, drinks are on who
1: now? <laughs> as much as I was feeling conflicted about the choice I just made, seeing him walk back in refreshed me in a way that reassured me that I made the right decision.
0: So he uh, he walks up and he sees Emily. And if you look at her, you can see her bottom lip is just quivering. And tears begin to spill over her face. And Shepard swoops in and scoops her up in his arms. In a hug that no one, looking back, could recall how long it lasted. And it could have taken all the time in the world. Because in that moment, nothing else mattered. Eventually, he whispers something in her ear, and she smiles and nods and steps back. And then Shepard pulls in you for a great big hug, Avador, <laughs> and then pulls back. And Sarah kind of smiles and puts her hand on his shoulder. And he says, "Since when did you get all bright and shiny and all that armor?" And Sarah says, "Well, someone needed to be able to take the big hits while you were on your nap." <laughs> He pulls her in and gives her a tight squeeze as well, and Sarah kind of blushes before pulling away a little bit. And then he turns around and, and looks at you, Jack, from across the room, and he says,
1: And how's my favorite rat? And I don't even say anything, but I I my eyes are welling up, and I just run over and hug him. Oh. <laughs> but in the, in the way that you're looking down, because you don't you don't you want to sit down because sure. you don't want them to see that you're tearing up. <laughs> and he gives you a big hug back and and he uh once he does, he
0: stands up, and you can see he's got a little bit of a tear going down his cheek, too, and he goes, So, catch me up. Did I miss anything cool?
2: We seem to be at your homeland.
0: I did notice that. Yeah, they really it hasn't quite changed much at all. Did you try some of the curry? Boy, did we. That shit is bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's surprising is I remember it. In fact, I remember everything now, and not just the memories of the witch-breed-turned-paladin, Edmund Halsey, but the dark elf, Von Drille. I remember everything of both of them. I am both of them, and yet also neither of them, in a way. I suppose I'm just Shepard Black, and the others are all dead. Good riddance.
2: Well, we're very excited that you're alive, and we tried really hard to cover your stuff. and uh, but there are many, many days where you were naked, so hmm. it's good to see you awake.
1: You really missed out. We got to tear somebody's eyes out. That was interesting. Oh shit, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Where'd you do that? Well, I was a fox. she was a crow, and Sarah was a little dog. I don't know. You, you would have been there. It, it's, uh, <laughs> it was an interesting experience. He looks down at Emily and he's like, what the hell are they talking
0: about? Did you put some sort of spell on them? What's going on? It wasn't me. Of course, they did this themselves. That all happened before they got here. I didn't meet them yet. Okay, so um, great. Uh, and the, the coin and that key, are they safe?
2: They are safe. And now we know where we're going from here.
0: And, Jack, you feel your pockets where you've been hiding the the coin and the key. And
1: you realize... They're gone. Uh... I don't mean to alarm anybody, but I don't think they're safe anymore. At least, I don't have them, so unless one of you took them from me, I think we're in trouble. We
2: have no reason to take it from you. We entrusted you with them.
1: Yeah. This is the thing about trust. Jack, are you sure? That's Sarah talking. I I can't find them anywhere. I don't remember anyone even getting close enough to me to take them. I I, I don't know where they could have gone. Did
2: you use it as payment by accident? Was it with (laughs) your gold coins? No.
1: No, definitely not. I, I have them in a separate pocket. I just... They were here just earlier today. I don't understand. Sarah
0: looks at you and is like, Jack, if we lost this coin and the key, this could be the end of this world if the
1: enemies get it. When's the last time you remember seeing them? I remember seeing them this morning. I had them. I felt to make sure they were there. I always check on them. So I don't know when that happened.
2: Your friend, the one that you just spoke with,
1: Is he a thief? He's one of the best thieves, but why would he do that? He wouldn't have any reason to. Sarah, like, sits down
0: looking like she's about to throw up and pass out, like, Oh, God. Oh, gods. Oh, gods. A thief. And Shepard just says, Fuck. Somewhere deep in the red tower of Arnhem, a man with a blue sash pulls a stone etched with runes from his pocket. And he grunts as he sees it pulsing with just the faintest of light. He walks over to a small, simple table. Atop it, there is a large copper bowl full of water. He places the stone into the bowl and the water begins to shimmer, revealing a scenery of forests and a man who pulls down his hood and the man standing over the blue sash standing over the bowl says ah Scotty six fingers rathorn i thought the queen was through with your services tell your queen to ready my original price and then double it, and then double that, and then triple all of it. What the hell are you blabbing about? I have the final coin, and the key to unlock them. I just won this war for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Party in Peril. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends or digifriends on social media and use the hashtag NerdSloth so we can thank you for your support. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, uh, give us a rating, all those things that can help out the show. It's like rolling a nat 20 every time. See you next episode.
1: Presented by NerdSloth.
2: A place for lazy nerds.